we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. Glad you're here. Great your faithfulness. God is good. God is so, so, so good to each and every one of us, to us all the time, all day long. God is good. It's been a good summer. Summer's drawing to, to a close. They always do. They come, they go, they're good, they're busy. Summers are busy. A lot of moving parts, a lot of going, trips and activities, events, vacation Bible school, mission trips, and lots of, lots of going during the summer, lots of doing and, 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 and serving. Summertime is when we, as a church, actually get the, the biggest and best chance to apply what we know about God's Word, what we know as believers, as a, as a corporate body anyway. Every single day of our lives, we are out serving, we're out being His hands and feet, but it's during the summer that we can really do and be what He has called and saved us to be. One of the words that's used often is the gospel. Gospel. You hear the word gospel all the time. It's a catch word. It's a phrase. It's, it, it, it is exactly what it is. Jesus came preaching the gospel. It's the good news. But you know, when you hear gospel, gospel, gospel all the time, you, we sometimes get used to it. It's like we, um, we, we get sort of immune to or I don't know what the word is, inoculated, or I, I don't even know what the right word, we're numb to it maybe. What is the gospel? What is the good news? It's the story of redemption. For you and I, it's the story of how Christ, how God in His awesomeness did something for us that we could have never done for ourselves. We were the sinners in the story. We were the rebels in the story. We were the ones who could not save ourselves. We were running far from God. The Bible says we were lost. The Bible goes so far as to say we were dead. We were spiritually dead. But God loved the world so much that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. The gospel is the story of redemption, God coming to earth, becoming a man. God Himself became a man, died on a sinner's cross that we should have died on, died a punishment that we all deserve, but Jesus did it for us. That's the gospel, is that we're the sinners in the story, and He's the, the hope. We, we don't earn it, He's done it for us. We we weren't deserving of it. He freely gave Himself there on the cross of Calvary. That's what we are to do, is to take that message to the world. We're to take that message to every person. Every man, woman, girl is either, they're either lost or found. Every man, woman, boy or girl, there's no in between. They're either lost or found. In this room, there's a whole group, I believe, of found, and then there might be sprinkled some lost. 
Jesus goes a little further and takes it even a little deeper and says, lost or found, even dead or alive. In this room, there's a group of spiritually alive, but there might be sprinkled around a group who is spiritually dead. What, what is the difference? One has received the gospel and believed, and one has rejected it and is still lost and is still dead. That's a reality that just is. That's a reality for every co-worker. I think about school. We've got a lot of our, our college kids, or some of them are going off even as soon as today. Our college kids are leaving. Our high schoolers are going back. And, and, and for the rest of us, days just continue. Life just continues. But every person that we see fall into one of those two categories. There's no in-between. There's no, yeah, but they're a good person. No. They're either lost or found. They're either dead or alive. Spiritually dead or spiritually alive. And the gospel is what brings them from death to life. The good news that God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. The story of redemption. Christ came to redeem back a, a lost people and make them alive. A, a dead people and make them alive. Jesus came. Listen. Jesus came. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's what Jesus came to do. In this room, I mean, I want that to sit on you for a second. In this very room, there's two groups. This goes beyond last name. This goes beyond, beyond wardrobe. This goes beyond education, finances. This goes beyond any classification that you and I as people put on others. That side of the tracks, this side of the tracks, the haves, the have-nots, the power brokers, the just the doers, the, the, the rich, the poor, the good, the bad, the, the big, the, all that stuff. There are only two groups in this room. The lost and the found, the dead or the alive. Which group are you? And the only determining factor, the exclusive, singular, dividing line is Jesus. Either have received Jesus and the re freedom from sin, the forgiveness of sin, believed the sacrifice, trusted in the finished, completed work of the cross. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is your Redeemer in everything. He is your all or He's not. Two groups. Jesus came to save, seeking to save that which was lost. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel.
That's what Jesus came preaching. What's the heart of God? What's God's desire? You know, we, we, we think about, we make these statements of we want, God wants to bless us and we want, God's, God's just here to love me and God's here to take care of me. Go, no, Jesus came preaching the gospel. Jesus came preaching the good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe that you can't do it on your own. I did it for you. Repent and believe that your way of life is not going to save you, is not going to get you out of this life into eternal life with God. Only Christ and what He did will. Repent of thinking, I can do anything in my own ability and fully, totally submit and surrender to what Christ did and believe with all of your heart and be brought into the family of God. Those are those who have been found. Those are those who are alive. Those who are lost and spiritually dead have not. Period. The heart of God, He desires none to perish. He desires absolutely nobody to perish. That is not his will. That is not his desire. He doesn't, it doesn't make him happy when a person rejects him and goes off into eternity where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, goes off to a place that was created for the devil and his fallen angels. He does not, that does not please God when a person, he wants glory, he wants honor, he wants it. Rejection of God, that's not, that's, that's not God being mean. That is, a, that is a spiritual choice to reject the good news. Every person we're about to see at school is either lost or found. Every person that you're going to go walk through Walmart as you push your buggy, as you do your things, as you're at your ball game, Alabama, Auburn, all of football is about to start. As you sit in the stands, wherever your season tickets are, wherever your free or given or borrowed tickets have you seated, when you look around Bryant-Denny Stadium and you stare at the other 90-plus bumping, I don't know, 100-plus thousand people, every single person that you see in that stand, no matter what color they may be wearing, no matter who they're cheering for, they're either lost or found. They're either spiritually dead or they're spiritually alive. They're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. Period. End of story. That's it. There's no slipping in. There's no, I know people, you know people. Well, I'm just going to see what happens. That's lost. If you're seeing what's happening, you're lost. You're still spiritually dead. Hey, yeah, but I'm not into organized religion. I get you, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me, exclusively through me. 
You can say, I don't like that. You can test the waters, and you are biblically lost. And you are going to face an eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful God and stand before Him and say, your way was better than His. And you get what is rightfully due, that rebellion. You're either lost or you're found. You're either saved or you're you're lost, you're spiritually alive, or you're spiritually dead. It's very important. I love you. Some I know really well, some I just see regularly on Sundays. I love you. I do. You're either lost or you're found, you're either spiritually dead or you're spiritually alive got water got baptism second service and that doesn't save you got people coming back from missions that doesn't save you got people dropping money in the little black boxes and sending it in online that doesn't save you being a member of this church or another church or doing what mom and daddy's told you to do or This is the way I've always been. I've been a Christian since I was a kid. Doesn't save you. I've been a Christian all my life. Well, what did you do? Well, I just grew up a Christian. I mean, well, what did Christ do? I don't really know. I just sort of evolved into it. I, I just always was. Well, you're lost. There's Jesus. You don't just be born into the family. You're you got to be born again, Jesus tells Nicodemus. There's only two. There's only spiritually alive or spiritually dead. Lost or found. Jesus tells a parable over in Luke. We're reading through the Gospels. Go to Luke chapter 15. We're reading through the Gospels. Actually, look at 14. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. During this, during this past month, I've, I've just said, hey, read through, the, read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is the Gospels. Those are the ones that, that declare and proclaim good news. The angel Gabriel came to John the Baptist's mama, and after 400 years of silence, and says, hey, I've been standing in the throne room of God. And I come to declare to you good news. Silence was broken. Christ came, born of a virgin, sinless entire life, sinless entire life, obedient, surrendered completely, tempted in all ways, understands all the temptations as as a hundred percent man, completely in the flesh as you and I, completely tempted in all ways, just as you and I, all the temptations he felt, and yet was sinless because he completely surrendered to the Father. Jesus in Luke chapter 14. Is talking here and he's telling them the importance of following him and the 
large crowds. Look at verse 25. This is sort of the context of where we pick up this morning. Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and, and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sister, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus here is laying the groundwork. Or how important. He's not saying you literally hate, but in, in comparison. Your love for your family is hatred compared to your love for Christ. In comparison, your love for those that are the closest to you. Look, my family, I got my entire family. Yeah, they're all there. My entire family is in church with me, but none of them died on a cross for me. None of them saved me. None of them earned and worked and did what it took for me to be saved. Only Jesus did. So my love for them is great, but Christ is greater. That's the context. You can see already how a person that's lost can say, Oh no, me, me, me. Look on down. Verse 34, Therefore salt is good, but if even... Salt has become tasteless. With what will it be seasoned? It is useless either for soil and for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Notice this statement. Very important. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Remember the, the chapters and verses came later. The breakdown in chapters and verses came later. Jesus has just said, He who has ears, let him hear. And notice chapter 15, verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. Jesus just said, if He who has ears, let him hear. I mean, and the sinners and the, the tax collectors are, are drawing near. Tell us more. I mean, we, we are. We, we need this. Both the Pharisees, verse 2, and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. There's a contrast. These next three stories that I'll talk about over this week and next week, these next three stories... These next three parables, at the end of the day, contrast those two groups. Contrast the saved and the lost. Contrast the heart of those that are rejecting Christ versus God's heart of coming after you. We're about to read two parables in just a second, and I want to say this to you. In this room, there's only two groups. You're either a Christian or you're lost. But if you're... If you're a Christian, praise God. If you're lost, God's still after you. Did you hear that? God's still after you. He's not done with you. He's not finished pursuing you. He's not finished yet. There's still time. It's not fixed just yet. It's only fixed at death. Remember Jesus told the story of, of the rich man and Lazarus? And the rich man says, hey, send him down. He says, I can't. There's a gulf fixed between you and him. There's no crossing back over. It is fixed after death. But until then, there's still hope. There's still hope for you. Look, look at this. Jesus tells a parable. I'm going to read two of them. There's three. Back to back to back. There, it's interesting. 
It's interesting how it goes from 10 to, no, from 100 to 10 to 2. God, God hones in to the, to the personable. He, he wants you are specifically important. If you are still rejecting Christ, you are an absolute fool. I love you to death, but you are a fool if you are rejecting Jesus. You are a fool if you're rejecting Jesus. How could you possibly look at what God did for you? How could you hear the words and read in your own lap? You're you're reading the Word of God and you're reading what He did for you and you say to yourself, there's a better way. How in the world can you sleep at night? Verse 3, so he told them this parable saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture? They're fine. And go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Guys, in contrast, in contrast to the Pharisees that were scoffing, in contrast to the Pharisees that were grumbling, saying, why in the world does this man eat with sinners and tax collectors and, and all of these people? He shows us a picture. Jesus gives a parable of God and his desire to chase down and to pursue and to leave the 99 and to go after the one. If you're still rejecting Christ, even on this morning, you came today to hear that God's still pursuing you. He's still pursuing you. He's still pursuing you. God desires for you to repent. God desires for you to be found. God desires for you. He does everything. It's like, you are that important. You are that special to Him. You are that loved by Him. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter what you've seen, what you've been a part of. You're you're not too far gone yet because you're still here. You're still here hearing a message that there's only two groups. There's the lost and there's the found. There's the spiritually dead and the spiritually alive. And you are hearing that there is hope for you and all that you have to do is simply quit rejecting what Christ did for you and surrender and believe with all your heart and trust Him and pursue Him and run after Him. Farmer here has a hundred sheep. One goes missing. You say, it's just one What if one is your son? What if that one is your daughter? 
We've all had that moment in a, in a clothing store when our kids are young and they're close by one moment and you turn around and they're just gone. We've all been there as parents. That feeling. If we know how to give good gifts and have that much concern over our sons and daughters, I'm tickled to death. She's been FaceTime 2,500 miles away, but I'm tickled to death that she's in the room 20, 30 feet away. As messed up and as fallen as I am, if I have that joy to receive her home, possibly imagine how excited God gets and it says He rejoices. Throws him on his shoulders and rejoices. He was lost and now he's found. God doesn't condemn you. If you have, if you have gone this long and you've rejected Christ, he still ain't condemning you. He loves you. His grace has covered you. His grace has... been there with you and even in times of rejecting it it has been there verse 8 or what woman if she has 10 silver coins And loses one coin, does not light a lamp. Look at the pursuit. Look at the effort. Look at how hard he, she tries to find what was lost. Notice. She loses one coin, she, she lights a lamp, she sweeps the house, searches carefully until... She finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Look at how that says. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. Who is in the presence of the angels of God? God is. God smiles. God gets excited. God rejoices when a lost sheep is found. When a lost coin is found, when a lost person quits re rejecting him and is found, God is searching. God is searching. The good news is that you can be forgiven. The good news is that you don't have to reject. The good news is that there is hope. He knows and He has watched you. He has followed you. He has seen everything that you have done to date. And still, you sit in here today and you hear this good news. Do you get that? People say, there's no way God can forgive me. Well, if there's no way God could have forgiven you, why in the world were you in the room with an opportunity to be forgiven? You're lying to yourself. 
and you're believing the devil's lie, you don't have to reject. You just simply believe. Believe in Jesus. Believe in the sacrifice that he gave. Believe in what God did. Believe that there's nothing you can do. That you are the rebel. That you are the lost one. That you are the one who is in need of a Savior. And Jesus is your only hope. There's rejoicing. God rejoices when a person comes to know Him as Savior. God is pleased. God is hunting you. He is looking for you. He is desiring for you. He don't desire you to perish. Do you hear this? Do you hear this? Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. And the sinners and the tax collectors and those that needed it, they drew near to him. Do you hear this? If you're a Christian, you should be, you should be praising God. You should be praising God and thinking back to when you were that lost coin and that when you were that lost sheep and you... You're praising God that you know what? God didn't let you stay lost, but He found you. He didn't let you stay dead, but He found you. He found you. Praise God. As a believer, as a Christian, every time we hear the good news, we should rejoice that, hey, that is my story. That is my hope. That's me He's talking about. That's me that was lost that was me that wondered. That was me that, was had, that, that I had no hope, but Christ saved me. Two groups. Which one are you? It's not an outward appearance. We all got the we all look good today. Who you are in Christ. Are you a Christian? I want us to bow our heads, everybody bow your heads just a second. You say, Brother Shannon. <clears throat> I'm a Christian. Praise God. But what about you that may be a lost sheep? Are you a lost? Are you lost? Are you lost? You can be saved right now. Put your trust in Jesus. Say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I am tired of running. I am tired of living for myself. I repent and I trust completely in you. I trust you. you what you did for me on the cross, you were alive. You were the risen Savior. I believe in you. I give you my life. I give you my eternity. I give you everything. I surrender. All to you I surrender. Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
you know what is around this room here's what happens in days like this around this room people that have played church people that have gone through the motions when they actually trust Christ you know what the Bible says that those in the presence the angels in heaven rejoice God you trust in him as savior God rejoices at you you being found. God rejoices as you are brought from death to life. God rejoices as you surrender your life and allow Him to be Lord. And you, you have given over the keys. You have given over all of the control. You have said, you, King Jesus, are now my hope. You, King Jesus, are now my Savior. You, King Jesus, are now my Lord. God rejoices at your obedience. God rejoices at your surrender. God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that that you love the world so much that you sent your only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will, will not perish but have everlasting life. God, we praise you for that. We praise you, God, that you don't want any of us to stay lost, that you don't want any of us to stay spiritually dead. God, you want us to be found. And you are in the pursuing business. You are are constantly chasing after us. And God, today we give you praise. God, today we give you praise. God, from this day forward, we want to live our lives completely for you. We don't want to go back to our old selves. We don't want to go back to our old life. We want to surrender. We want to give you everything. We want to give you absolute control of all that we are. We surrender it all, Holy Spirit of God, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to all stand this morning. The angels in heaven, those in the presence of angels rejoice. You know if you're lost or found now. Some of you can say, Brother Shannon, I'm found now. Praise God. Some of you can say, I am found, and my question to you now is why? Your question is not you pray to prayer. Your answer answer is not you pray to prayer. Your answer is Jesus. What is your hope? It is Jesus. What What is your salvation? It is Jesus and what He did for you. Christ Jesus is the only hope that you have. It's not your goodness, your ability, your prayers. It has nothing to do with that. It's all Jesus. Completely be ashamed. Don't be ashamed as we sing this morning. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you've heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.